You know, sometimes the guilt and shame can be overwhelming after sin. And today we're going to just talk for a few minutes about how to move past the guilt and shame, how to get freedom from that. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Rusty. And I'm Heather. And we're the Bryants, and this is the Redeemed Marriage Podcast. We are here to encourage healthy marriages, strengthen wounded marriages, and begin the process of restoration to broken marriages. We aren't licensed counselors, but we are a redeemed couple that loves the Lord and wants to help you journey through this messy, challenging, and fun part of life called marriage. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Redeemed Marriage Podcast. This is Rusty and Heather Bryant. We are looking forward to being with you for another episode, another week, and we're just going to talk about marriage and all things marriage. So, um, already done a little bit of intro on the uh, on the audio version of our podcast. We don't have it on the video version. No. But hey, that was actually a pretty big hit over the last couple of weeks. So we're going to continue to do that and also try to add some other videos. So if you're listening by audio, uh, be sure to check out our YouTube page at some point because we're going to add some other things besides just the video version of our podcast. You remember last night when we were watching that um, football game and they showed the announcers and I was like I've been listening to them for forever and their voices don't match don't match we had them switched Uh up in our minds I hope that I mean nobody surely (laughs) I just meant I hope our voices match yeah they may somebody may come on to our video and and be like that's that's not not what what I but our picture, our pictures on well, stuff, and people follow us on social that's media. True. I think people know okay, what we look like. It's fine. I'm Heather, <laughs> and I'm Rusty. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. So today uh, we're going to talk about um, just guilt and shame, and not just you know it doesn't necessarily have to be this the the huge sins that we think about. I mean, it could be anything that just kind of crushes you and weighs you down um, with guilt and shame. But another thing that I think that doesn't get addressed very often, so we're going to get to this at some point, so I want to make sure that you stay tuned. But obviously when when you sin, there's the guilt and the shame and that comes with it. But sometimes we forget about the guilt and the shame that might come to the party that was sinned against, yeah. the person that was sinned against. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and we'll get into that. But, but you know, in our case, um, you know, obviously people look at our story and they, and they think about you and how you over, uh, you know, how you overcame the, the guilt and the mm-hmm. shame. Mm-hmm. But then they don't necessarily, you know, people don't really think about the guilt and the shame that would have come from my side of the story. Sure. So I think that that, that that's something that we need to, uh, to, to dive into and look at a little bit. So, um, so the, the thing that got me thinking about this a little bit was, and I, not, I just started thinking about the Scarlet Letter, the book. Do you remember the book, the Scarlet Letter? Did you, did you ever read the book? The Scar- I, I, I know the premise. <laughs> Like if I said, "Hey, tell tell us the story of the Scarlet Letter," you could you even do that? Well, somebody committed an affair, adultery, mm-hmm. and they, as her punishment, mm-hmm. she had to wear 
a big A mm-hmm. um, on her chest. Yeah. Um, as far as who and the story behind it, no. Right, right. I just know that that was... I think was, most people know, yeah. yeah, know that part of it. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I knew that much and I couldn't really remember the whole thing. So I actually looked it back up and just the plot, just to yeah. kind of refresh my memory. And it's crazy because that is the, the story, uh, the lady named, this was set in the 1600s, I think. So the Puritan era. And it's historical fiction, um, but very much could have been a true story, and sure. it may have been how they did things back then. But uh, the the she had a child. That's why she was caught because um, she had had an affair with someone obviously that she wasn't married to, and had a child. Her name was the woman's name was Hester, and they put her on public display and tried to convince her to say who it was that she had had the affair with, and she wouldn't give the name. How did they know it wasn't her husband? So her husband, this is the part that I didn't remember, but her husband had was thought to have been killed, okay. um, like in a boating something or another. Okay. Um, but he ended up, while she was up on public display, he showed back up. Mm. And so that's a whole nother si- part of the sure. story. But um, because then the rest of the, the story, he's trying to get her to tell who it was and try to find out because he's just angry. Yeah. So she has the child and, and is forced to wear the, the big A on her mm-hmm. chest. So it's just this lifetime of shame sure. everywhere she goes. Mm-hmm. And not only for her, but for the child. Like the child mm-hmm. is just ostracized and nobody, um, you know, just has ha- doesn't have much of a life because of that. Well, the other part of the story is is that the person that she had the affair with, it's a secret for them. Like, nobody knows who it is. So that person is living mm-hmm. with shame for the entire book. Well, it ends up that it's the local minister who has a big role in the whole story. Um, but it never it's never revealed until he's dying. And as he's dying, he confesses and admits, and the people say that they could see an an A on his body. Right. And, like, it's kind of the whole imagery thing. You yeah. don't know if it's real or not, but it's yeah, just yeah. showing that, I mean, it could be that it's very public mm-hmm. and you're living in this shame because everybody knows, mm-hmm. or you're living in shame and nobody even knows right. that it happened. Right. Um, and then of course, you know, the part, another part we want to get to is just, uh, you know, the one that has, has been betrayed has shame, um, for a lot of different reasons too. So anyway, uh, sorry, that was a big, but, but it's a, it's a big part of it because what I want us to talk about is just how you overcome the guilt and the shame you know, after sin. And so for us, uh, you guys know our story because you listen to our podcast, but if you're brand new, um, 11 years ago, Heather confessed to being unfaithful in our marriage. And so, um, it was very public, not by choice, but because of the circumstances and the people that were involved, it was very public in our town. And so, man, I mean, like, I know because we talked about it, but Mm -hmm. just like, can you just kind of explain and share some of the feelings that went on, especially early on, you know, um, and how it, I mean, like the big A on on your chest. Yeah, it's true. Um, You know, of course, 
we've talked before about how when I first confessed, I wasn't in a place of godly sorrow. And so honestly, until that hit, the A felt much bigger Mm. because it was all worldly sorrow. Um, It was very, I didn't want to go in public, um, definitely didn't want to be seen at church. Um, I mean, even going to the grocery store um, was exceedingly painful. Um, And I can actually remember the first time I went to the grocery store, I ended up I mean, by myself, I ended up having to call you and tell you to come pick Mm -hmm. me up because there was um, someone there that wasn't involved in the story at all. But I just got the judgment look and Mm -hmm. of how could you Mm -hmm. and I like I it knocked the breath out of me like I I was like I can't do this and I left my my buggy full and just said please like I couldn't even drive home I was Mm -hmm. just like come get me um so that I mean it is very real um but it's funny because when you talk about guilt and shame I have a definite line of guilt and shame from the world and then guilt and shame that I put on myself that I felt like God had towards me. Hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I went into after that week of worldly sorrow where I really saw for the first time um, the sin against a God who loved me and died for me and that I had sinned against him, um, not only you and the boys, but sinned against him so so hugely um, that I, that then it was, that was almost compounded on top of what the world already was saying about me. But then I felt the, the weight of sinning against my God. Mm -hmm. And so it was two different, but in that, and it was very different for me, um, the two different types of guilt and shame that Mm -hmm. I felt. You mentioned a couple of things that I just want to expand on a little bit, but uh, I mean, first of all, you you were just talking about the different places that you would go and you would feel the shame, mm-hmm. and um, and one thing you mentioned was church, yeah, and you know how like uh, unfortunately that's the culture that we live in. Um, for a lot of there's just a lot of churches that are church not churches but members of churches sure, that's right that um yeah they just look i mean and that should be the place that you should be able to turn so just like yeah. how did that make you feel and how did you kind of get past that sure. part of it well i will say that there's some of it that i think we imagine yeah that um that you feel like oh they're looking at me um like a certain way and they may not be right Um, they just don't know how to respond they don't know how to respond they don't know how to respond and if I can jump in real quick I think that where we sort of had to get to a point where we weren't upset about the Mm -hmm. way that we were treated um by by other believers or church members or things like that was was really when we had to get to a point and say you know it was our sin that caused this massive disruption. And, you know, we couldn't expect people to know how to react and respond to that. Right. Um, And so I think that, you know, by us getting to that point, and for those of you that are listening and you're at that point where you just feel like everybody's 
like even the people that are supposed to be loving you and supporting you, but you just feel like, no, they don't. That's, that's not always the case. You know, it's, it is like what you said. It's, we just think that they're doing that where really they just, they're not equipped to know how to handle it in a a situation like that. And there needs to be grace for that. Um, In my heart and when, as I walked through, there had to be grace in my heart for people who just didn't know how to handle it. Because honestly, in the first three weeks, I had to go to my mentor and say, I have treated someone just like Absolutely. I was, I've been treated and I didn't see it until I was the one being treated that way. And I had to literally pick up the phone, call that person, somebody who had years before, I mean, maybe five years, eight years before that was in the same church who had an affair and I didn't treat them well. It, I didn't do anything bad, or bad, right. but I didn't go to them. I didn't treat the, I wasn't the hands and feet of Jesus to them. And so I had to pick up the phone and call and say, I failed Mm -hmm. as a believer, as a follower of Christ. I failed to treat you in a way that brought you back into the fold. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so at that moment, I was like, I have to have grace for these people that just don't know. But I also think there's People, there's, there's people who responded really, really well. Um, I'll never forget, um, a, an acquaintance who lit, and I've shared this on the yeah. pot on a podcast before, so I'll keep it brief, but an acquaintance got up out of her seat, walked across the, m- the front of the middle of the church, not the front, but the middle of the church and came up into the balcony where I was seated and put her arm around me. Mm-hmm. That is how you treat people even yeah. if they've messed up. But then there were people who were deliberately mm-hmm. um, speaking um, ill of us or, yeah. or, or being ugly to us and, and saying not to come back to the church and how dare we and blah, 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 right. blah, blah. So there, there's, there, that's an extreme. And that's, and that's I mean, everywhere. And it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have people who are ugly and, and, are purposefully ugly. Mm-hmm. And then you have people who are just doing everything they can to, like I said, be the hands and feet of Jesus to you in such a hard time. But then you have people that, and I would say the majority of the people just don't know what to do. And sometimes they mess it up, mm-hmm. but we have to have grace for that. But I would, I would go as far to say is most of the people who are walking through infidelity or an affair a lot of people don't know about it. It's not as public as we are. And you can literally imagine things oh, yeah. that are not happening. Yeah, like sure. imagine people being ugly to you. And and and, lo- and that's just the enemy putting extra shame on you. And not only that, but but the people that, people that actually do know, and even when it is kind of public, people forget really fast. Yeah. They when forget, the next thing comes when along. When the next thing comes along. Yeah. And not only that, but... So many people you have to remember are going through or have gone through 
maybe the same thing mm-hmm. or something where they feel their own guilt sure. and shame. And it may not be an affair. Right. But it's That's all right. sorts of other marriage things. Right. Or not even marriage yeah. things, just stuff. And yeah. so just to hit pause for a second, because we've never, um, this wasn't what I was wanting to talk about, but if you're listening and you're kind of one of those that you're like, well, I don't really know how to respond mm-hmm. when I hear and first of all, if you love somebody and show love to somebody that's a sinner, you're not saying that what they did is okay. okay. And you're not saying that you agree with them. You're just saying that you can love them and show them grace and support them because that's what Jesus mm-hmm. would do. I mean, it's the same thing like in the Bible. If you look at Scripture, it's not like Jesus was like, ah, oh, it's okay. Right. It's no big deal that you did that. That's no, right. he loved them. Mm-hmm. But he said, and then he said, don't do it anymore. Yeah, go and like, sin no go more. and sin yep. no more, mm-hmm. you know. And so. And that's perfect Jesus. But like the people that we're asking to come alongside somebody and extend grace, you're a sinner too. Mm-hmm. It may not be as public and it may not be as bad consequential consequent oh yeah. sorry consequentially <laughs> bad <laughs> but but you're a sinner too and I never felt like this this lady who came up and put her arm around me I never felt like she was like I'm better than you but I'm gonna put my arm around right. you it was we're we're the same person or even it didn't it didn't even come across as like never did we think or you think, oh, she's had the same thing happen. No. That's why you know what no, I'm saying. Right. And, and I think some people are scared of that too. Yes. They're like, oh, if I show love and support, then she's gonna think, well, I understand I, because I've done the same thing. Right? You know, it's yeah, just that's, that's true. I, but the perfect example of that, and I actually, I mean, we we ended up the best it was the best decision for our family we we changed churches um and we didn't know where we were going to land mm-hmm. we just had to get away and heal right and, and that's sure. okay we're mm-hmm. actually journeying through mm-hmm. that with some people now and sometimes you just have to get away so that you're not the the memories the triggers all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff so there's nothing wrong with that it's not like oh we don't like you and this mm-hmm. these people anymore but we we bounced around. I say bounced around. We just had to get away. We finally landed somewhere that we went one Sunday, and we were like, this is the place that, mm-hmm. that we're supposed to be. We mm-hmm. didn't really know why. We just felt like it. The very next week, mm-hmm. I was out of town, and you went by yourself. Yes. And I, I actually got my daddy you, to go with Yes, me. because mm-hmm. he was retired, and mm-hmm. he came. He went with you. Y'all sat in the back, and the pastor preached on adultery. Adultery. And you cried, and someone from the church who is still a very good friend mm-hmm. of ours came back and hugged you. And, and, and she wasn't a friend then. That's oh, no, didn't know you. That's exceedingly important. That's right. Did, I had no idea who she was. That's right. She just saw, because, and uh, adultery was presented in a way where it was wrong. He showed scripture, this, you don't do it. I mean, it was boop, boop, boop. But then he went into redemption mm. and how you can be restored. And that that part is important. Yeah. Because from the pulpit, it was it was said it's wrong. Mm-hmm. But then he talked about redemption and restoration and how we're forgiven. And so I went from a heavy, heavy weight of just could, I mean, I'm sitting with my dad, how embarrassing, mm-hmm. you know, just heavy guilt and shame to hope all in a, a, a span of minutes. And the girl who, I mean, 
and like you said, she's a friend now, but I didn't even know who she was Mm -hmm. and literally walked up to me and said, I don't know you and I don't know your story, but I want you to know that you're loved. Yep. Yep. And I mean, yeah. And it's like, so we're saying that story because if you're just going, I don't really know how to respond. That's it. Like you don't have to know people's story, the details, you just let them know that you love them. And especially if you are in a church setting, not only that you love them, but they're welcome. Absolutely. Like you're welcome here. That yeah, is what, mess. That's what we're here <laughs> for because here. everybody here is a mess in their own yeah. way. Yeah. And uh, so I just think, I mean. Sorry, we got, we got a little riled up. Oh, on man. Because. Just passionate about it. Very that. passionate about it because, man, we, we've lived both sides of this mm-hmm. where we lived in the judgmental side yep. of things because, you know, we just grew up in a setting where it was very, everything was very black and white. Mm-hmm. This is right. This is wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's true. Sure. Like, that's sure. true. But it was, there was just always a lot of judgment Mm -hmm. um and I mean I'm admitting that was my heart absolutely and not only was is was there judgment and this is this is not just oh look at a church this is across the board a lot of Christians not not even just judgment but not knowing how to do it differently like keeping a mask on and not being open and honest about life and I'm not saying you have to come out and tell all your junk, right. but people everywhere are a mess mm-hmm. and they're attracted to people who are a mess. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you come across as perfect, the perfect Christian, the perfect whatever, and you check all the boxes of I did this and this, nobody wants to talk to you about real life because it's intimidating and scary. Mm-hmm. But if you are like, I'm a mess too, like we're, all sinners we are all broken that welcomes in people to be able to say yeah me too yeah and what are we going to do about it so before I talk a little bit just kind of on my side of things like because you are someone that has gone through something that was very shameful lots of guilt you know and I think I've heard I might mess this quote up but um, guilt is something I feel because I've done something bad Shame is something I feel because I am bad. Hmm. So, like, how did you move? You know, obviously, when you do something bad, there's some guilt, and some of that is the Holy Spirit. I mean, yeah, you know, telling you that yeah. what you did was wrong. Sure. But when you start living in shame, that's you telling yourself, I am a bad person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, for you, how, I mean, maybe quickly, how long did it take? And how did you get to a point where you didn't feel that? And what happens today when sometimes that stirs its ugly head again? Yeah. What do you do? Honestly, the it happened in a moment. A moment of seeing Christ and what he did for me on the cross. Um, and, and seeing that that was enough. Um, I, like, um, my mentor had her hand on me. And said, don't let, in that moment, she said, don't let her see her sin without catching a glimpse of her Savior. Because if I had caught, if I had seen my sin for what it was and sinful against my God without seeing a glimpse of who he was, I would have drowned. Mm. There would have been no hope. But seeing, catching a glimpse of who he was and what he did on the cross 
and the righteousness that he brought to my life because of of who he is, not because of who, who I am. It happened in a moment. I was a daughter of the king in a moment. Now, I have to remind myself mm. of that often. Yeah. Daily. Um, more than once daily. Reminding myself who I am in him. Mm. And so I knew who I knew that I was forgiven, that what Christ did on the cross was enough that I was righteous because he is righteous and he's in me. But the world and the enemy tries to tell me otherwise often. Mm. And so I have to preach to myself over and over again. It's literally why I have two tattoos on my body that are very visible. One says beloved because I am his beloved Mm. and with a picture of the cross. I mean, a cross beside it. And the other says daughter of the king because they are constant reminders of who I am through him and in him. Mm. Because me, apart from him, is no good thing. Like Psalm 139 starts with, oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. And knowing that he has searched me and he knows me and chooses to still love me Mm. is what I have to remind myself every day. That's so good. And like, if, if I know, I mean, that was preaching. Um, and if I can continue preaching and just say to our listeners, for those of you that are, that are feeling shame, that is, that is not of God. It's from the enemy. And so the world. like, it doesn't matter what you've done. Mm-hmm. Um, there, God can redeem your mm-hmm. situation and you can get to a point, just like what Heather said, where you just look and you say, okay, God is enough and he's big enough to wash over and cover this sin. And so I'm just, I'm just telling you and I'm begging you, if you are not at that point, stop giving the enemy the, the, the key to the playground of yeah. your life. Yeah. Like kick him out and yeah. just rest in what God has done for you and what Jesus did on the cross for you. And if you, I'm sorry, I just feel led to say this too. If you are listening to this and you're like, that's not my story, but I've been the person that has made somebody else feel shameful. If I've been the first person that is not, um, that is, that is not gone and said, I'm here for you if you need me do that. If God puts, if the Holy Spirit puts somebody on your mind and you're like, gosh, I've been really, really hard on that person or I'm contributing to their guilt and shame, go to them and say, forgive me and, and, and walk with them, journey with them. And don't feel shame if you're sitting here thinking, gosh, I've, I've done that my whole life. Like that's, <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. So change, like yeah. change, and just yeah. to be the agent of change. That's be right. the person that's like, I'm gonna love everybody, no yeah. matter who they are, that's no right. matter what they've done. That's right. Now, that's right. I, like really quick though, I do want to say because there's so many of you that listen to this that maybe you were betrayed, mm-hmm. um, and so you were the one that some that the sin was done against. So mm-hmm. in our case, I mean, Heather was unfaithful, so I'm the one that she betrayed. And so a lot of times I think it's forgotten the shame that we feel. And it's different because like for me, I had to live with this 
you know, I wasn't good enough. Also like from the some, enemy. Yeah, like somebody was better than mm-hmm. me. And for a man, like sure. there, it's different because for a woman, the woman has to think, you know, in the situation like us, a woman would think, you know, I didn't satisfy my mm-hmm. husband. I wasn't good enough for him. You know, mm-hmm. somebody's prettier than mm-hmm. me. You know, all that kind of stuff. And then for a for a guy, it's the whole pride of, you know, I wasn't man enough. Like mm-hmm. somebody was better than me. And mm-hmm. there's so much like like pain there. And you know, f- even for me to walk into public those those first few weeks, especially thinking everybody's looking at me, going, "What did you do?" Because that's just what you think when sure. you think that some you know you hear somebody had an affair and you think, "Well, I wonder what the other person right. did to cause that." Right. Which is the dumbest uh-huh. thing. I mean, yep. that's not that wasn't my choice, no. you know. And it and didn't, it doesn't matter what you did, right? It was still my choice, right. And my bad decision. And we talk about how you know, looking back, you can, you can, in a mature way, look and see. Okay, how did I contribute? And that right. that's fine. There's responsibility, and some people would say they're more responsible than others. But there's still this, you know. I would go and think, what are these people thinking about me? Mm. And again, most of it, you're probably just making it up in your mind and mm-hmm. blowing it all out of proportion. But there is um, a real element of shame for the person. And so, you know, for me, it wasn't much different from what you're saying in that, you know, constantly reminding myself, you know, I'm a son of the king. You know, I don't I don't have to live in this shame and you know being an embarrassment I mean Mm -hmm. that was the big thing it's probably more embarrassment than Mm -hmm. anything else Um, and I didn't have to live there but where it all really turned and twisted for me and I've said this so many times before too is when I started looking at it as almost sounds terrible but almost wearing it like a badge of honor to be able to say God chose me to walk with you and so then all of a sudden that male pride that, you know, was crushed and mm-hmm. defeated, then it became, man, God chose me to walk this journey mm-hmm. with you. And so now, even now, I don't, I never think about, you know, the shameful parts of it. I think about, gosh, how, I mean, you know, what an honor it was that God said, that's the guy that can handle this. You know, that's the guy that can journey and walk through this with you so that your heart becomes right. And at the same time, my heart does. And then you put it together and look at the the effect that our marriage is now having on other people. And so I just think that it's a, that it's a beautiful thing to learn to be thankful. And you mentioned the tattoos our oldest son, he has one. <laughs> He's got two. Uh, but one of them says, thankful for the scars. Yep. And I think that's the other twist to it is when you just, like for me, I've just become really thankful for the scars. Because now I go, man, if that had, you know, how many marriages have been, you know, saved or at least changed or encouraged or whatever you want to say. And they tell us that. And it's right. because they can look at the way that we made it through because of God's work in our lives. And then it becomes, where's the shame in that? Right. Like, right. like this is something to celebrate sure. and be hopeful for and be hopeful for other people. So 
I don't know, man. I, you know, when we started talking about this, I didn't think I was going to be quite so excited and passionate <laughs> about it. But, man, um, I just don't want people to live in shame because we've been there. And now to live in the freedom of just knowing who we are in Christ and, you know, all of it is washed away. All of it is washed away. And and that doesn't mean that you continue living in sin so that grace abounds, so that you right. just keep getting yeah. more and more yeah. grace. Yeah. But you throw it off, and then you just walk in freedom. Right. And um, right. I don't know. You know, I um I was thinking, um, are we out of time? Yeah. Okay, sorry, yeah, just very fine. quickly. I don't care. I also was just thinking through my cancer journey as you were talking. And how, and I know this is silly, but how when I had on a wig, nobody stared at me because nobody knew I was going through it. Mm -hmm. But when I would take off my wig and go somewhere just real quick and I was bald or how how many people like stared Mm -hmm. and, you know, all of that. And, and how the difference in people, like the difference in the way people looked at me Mm -hmm. when I had on a wig versus being bald. Um, Same thing with how people look at you if you are going through something horrible and people know about it. Or if you're going through something horrible and people don't know about Mm -hmm. it because you have on that wig, you know, and you're and 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 so nobody knows. And then I was thinking about my my surgery and my double mastectomy and how, you know, from the outside, nobody knows that. But when I look in the mirror Mm -hmm. and I see those scars, it can be a reminder of a really, really hard time. Or I can look at the scars and say, God, these scars are a reminder of who you are. Mm-hmm. That's right. And and that's what, and that, you know, with Luke's tattoo, like, it's a thankful for the scars because it's a reminder of who you are. And whether people know your story mm-hmm. or right. they don't, yeah. we know who we are in Christ and nobody can take that away from us. Mm. No stare, no words, you know, no shame, no guilt can take away the fact that we are a son of God, a daughter of the King, and and never lose sight of who He is in you. Man, I want to keep talking though because you started something in me when you started talking about the wig and stuff, <laughs> and like I I can't. I mean, we've got to stop. But like I was thinking about how when you would wear the wig though. You got to a point where you finally were just like, I can't wear the wig mm-hmm. anymore. Like it's just this restriction, mm-hmm. and it make and it itches, Itch, yep. and like. Mm-hmm. But when you didn't have it on, mm-hmm. it was like this freedom, freedom. absolutely. And you were still happy and smiling, and like, and that was attractive to people because they were like, she's going through chemo, and she still has this glow and this trust, and mm-hmm. you know, just faithfulness, and. And I think that that's a big deal, too, because you weren't hiding it. And, mm-hmm. like, I don't want anybody to know. Like, we told everybody. Mm-hmm. And then you started going without your – and we're not saying just to do that with everything in your life. Sure. But there is a freedom to sharing your struggles and being real with people and sharing your struggles and letting yourself have the freedom and at the same time walking through the freedom with joy. Right. and. That's how you attract people to you, the real you, right. and not hiding That's things right. all the time. That's so right. we went way over. Sorry. Hey, we are... Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> we're a little bit passionate about some of this stuff. So, um, hey, we're going to sign off quickly because we know at this point, if you're still listening, you go, oh, they're wrapping it up, and That's you're right. just turning it off anyway. So see y'all next week. We will see you guys next week. We love you. Please let us hear from you. We would love to hear from you. 
will see you next time.